Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined by Ole Miss baseball radio analyst and career hits leader Brad Henderson. Lots to talk about today as number three Ole Miss takes on number 15 Florida in Gainesville tonight at 7, 7 Central. That's the first of three on the SEC weekend. Uh, Brad Henderson is there, man. The, how was your trip? The trip was good, Parrish. A little, little bumpy, a little windy yesterday before that rain was going to come in, but we made it safely and, and had a good workout last night. The team, I say I, we, uh, I watched the team have a good workout last night, and uh, it's a beautiful new ballpark, so I, I know they're excited to play. Well, that's good. Uh, you know, lots of new ballparks, lots of really nice ballparks in, in and around the SEC. And I think of of Mississippi, Brad, and, and it's such a, this is such a subjective claim. Uh, everybody wants to think they have the best ballpark. Uh, but I just can't imagine that there would be two in the country that would be nicer than Duty Noble Field and Swayze Field. And to have those two ballparks in the same state, an hour and a half apart. I mean, that that's just – that's really impressive to me. I know people uh, want to say this and that about Mississippi, but uh, college baseball is uh, – it's a big thing. It's, it's unique uh, in Mississippi, how it is embraced and supported. And uh, like I said, I, it's a subjective claim who has the best ballpark, but I can't imagine there are two nicer ones uh, in the country. Uh, what do you think on that? And tell me what you, tell me what the new one in Florida's like. Yeah, well, t- just going back to the ones in Mississippi, you're right. And, and throw in uh, Pete Taylor Park down in Hattiesburg, you know. And I think what makes it unique is the the fan support, you know. Uh, obviously, Duty Noble and, and Ole Miss and Southern Miss they draw, and 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 it's it's an event that a family can go to, and, and I just think it's neat how. Uh, how they get so much support, just thousands and thousands of fans. We went to Alabama last week, and obviously they were still under some COVID restriction stuff, but, you know, they don't draw real well. Florida, they won't, there won't be many people at the game tonight. And when I say there won't be many, they, they, may, they may announce 3,000, but I'll be shocked if there's 1,500 people there. Uh, I hope I'm wrong because I, I like to play in front of those crowds, but, uh, you know, the Mississippi teams just really support each other. Uh, from a fan standpoint, but the stadium here, McKeithen Stadium uh, in Florida, is it's top notch. It's of course it's brand new, and uh, this is the first year they've played in it, so it's got all the bells and whistles. It seats about fifty five hundred. Uh, it's all chair back. Uh, of course, the the facade of, around the back of it's beautiful, um, and of course we're in Florida. You know they're gonna have some palm trees in the outfield. Uh, they get beautiful new scoreboard. Batter's eye, I, it, you know, it's just got everything you'd want in a new ballpark, but I wouldn't trade it. I'll say that. I wouldn't trade it for saying with Swayze. I'll tell you, uh, one mm-hmm. of the things, and I never covered at the old Florida park, but I was just surprised. There was no covered seating, as I recall. So is there is there covered seating, the grandstand? Uh, very little. Very little. Very little. They have a – they do have a on – the, on the top floor where the press box is, they've got some suites areas. And, and it's a little bit of an overhang. And so if you're on the back few rows of the bottom level, you do have an overhang. But you're right, Parrish. It's not like 
if it becomes a downpour, every people are going to get wet. I mean, you know, at, at Swayze or, or Duty Noble, you can walk up under and get out of the rain. Well, you can't hear, uh, which is unique. But, I, you know, obviously they know their climate, what goes on the most. And, you know, they're, they're more apt to get that 10-minute summer shower than they are a downpour like we do in Oxford. Well, yeah, I just think covered seating, though. If I'm a ticket-buying fan, that, that's a real – uh, amenity. That's something that I look for is uh, the coverage seating. And, you know, the sun's going to come in at different angles and some people want the sun and, and that's great. I just thought that uh, uh, that's always been a, a big thing with me. Well, Brad, tell us, man, uh, you're on the road right now. What's uh, what's going on with uh, Alpha Insurance? Yeah, just trying to get uh, get March stuff wrapped up. We're, we're in April and, and <clears throat> you know, just really focused still on homes, cars and life uh and businesses so you know if you if if you'd like a quote or a free review uh you know feel more than more than welcome to call me at 662-236-1575 uh you know a good review can can save you money you know a lot of people are trying to save money right now uh just talking about deductibles and and yada 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 so would love to just sit down and visit with you whether you're with alpha or not uh, just and just go over your uh, your insurance. Yeah, deductibles, man. They can give you some flexibility, and and then they, you know, it's just a lot of different things you you can do there. Uh, deductibles, how they're applied, how much they cost, and the range has has that changed yeah. over time? Uh, yeah, it has, Parish, especially on the not so much on the automobiles, but on the homeowners, mm-hmm. you see a lot more people going favoring like a one percent deductible or a higher deductible. Uh, just to get that monthly lower premium, uh, you know, but it's all about what you can, what fits in your budget. Obviously, you don't want to have a, uh, you know, if you've got a, a 1% deductible on a, on a $300,000 house, so your deductible is going to be $3,000, uh, you just need to make sure that you're comfortable with that number. But obviously, the higher the deductible, the lower that monthly premium is going to be. And I see a lot more people trending that way um, in today's world. Yep, and uh, we've got some higher deductibles, and that works for us most of the time. And, and uh, then, then when you have that claim, you got to think, okay, i got to maneuver this. But uh, in the end, if, if it's a big claim, it's, it's going to be worth it. Hey, folks, we also want to thank our partner, the Oxford Park Commission, for coming along for the ride with the Justify Your Existence podcast and also the Ole Miss Facebook group, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things there. OPC is looking for lifeguards. The pool will open Memorial Day weekend and will remain open through Labor Day. Lifeguard candidates must be at least 16 and must have a current lifeguard certification. For questions, email OPC Aquatics Director Jamie Chandler at jamie at oxfordparkcommission.com. That's J-A-M-I-E at oxfordparkcommission.com. Or just apply online at oxfordms.com. .net. Softball and baseball registrations are still going on, but only for three more days. The deadline is April the 4th. Brad, Memorial Day, man, it used to seem a long way away, man. That's like just around the corner. Yeah, I know. It's it's Spring is finally getting here, Parrish, and, and you and I talked about it earlier, about the storms and, the, you know, if we can get over that hump and uh, get to some warmer weather, it, you know, and things are starting to kind of get back to normal. Uh you, you may have mowed your grass already. I don't know, but I'm ready to see blooming trees and green grass and uh, the pollen's back. Yeah. But uh, In force. 
Yeah. I'm ready for that 80, 80 degree weather at Swayze. Well, maybe uh, after, uh, after Easter looks like we'll have some of those warmer temperatures next week. Brad Gunnar Hoagland going home. One of a handful of players from the state of Florida on this Ole Miss roster. When, when, when you were playing, did you see out of state teammates get excited to play against their home state schools? I, I know, and this is basketball, but Andy Kennedy, when he was at Ole Miss, uh, he would sometimes start this guy who was from Alabama and was going home or Florida and going home, or maybe that guy would have a larger role than he might normally in a game. His theory, Andy's theory, was that these guys get up to play their home state schools. What Did you see that uh, in baseball when you were playing? Yeah, you, you see it to an extent. I, I think it's more of just the joy of, uh, you know, finally getting to see friends and family. Uh, you know, I, I had a chance last night at, at, at batting practice to talk to Justin Bench who uh, is from Florida, and he said he had anywhere from 15 to 18 family and friend, uh, family members and friends coming. And I, in baseball, baseball is such a slower-paced game. You know, I, I don't know that you next uh, <clears throat> that you actually get, like, juiced up for it, you know, just because you're going home. I think it's just more of the reunion with people you probably haven't seen in months and the opportunity you know that's there for them to be able to see you play. Uh, but, yes, a lot of Florida kids on this team, and I, I know they're real excited. Well, just off the top of my head, I think there was uh, Justin, as you mentioned, and Gunner, uh, Doug Nikhazy, T.J. McCants, uh, Trey LaFleur may not be on this trip uh, because uh, he's coming back from uh, mononucleosis, I think, Sunday. Uh, he may That's be right. available That's to right. uh, rejoin the team. But uh, these guys, Brad, are there, are there – doesn't sound like it with uh, Justin, but I'm wondering if there are ticket limitations, uh, limits to how many they can come because of COVID, how many family they can bring in. Yeah, they were all scrambling for each other's tickets. You know, e each player gets a, an allotted number, and I think that number on the road is four. Uh, but but don't quote me on that. But yes, they're all fighting the uh, the northern guys because clearly they're probably not going to have family be here this weekend uh, for their player tickets. Yeah. Uh, but I think we had seven or eight kids from Florida. Uh, I, I knew you had sent me a list earlier, and uh, Tim Elko's not on that list. He's oh, that's Florida. right. That's right. And so there, there's going to be a lot of uh, – you know, and, and most of those guys that that, that are on that uh, – several of them play. I mean, they're, they're going to factor in. So you know they're not just immediate family, but, uh, you know, high school buddies. They're, they're wanting to drive over a couple hours to catch a game. So, yes, there'll be a – They'll be fighting over the tickets. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I, I don't think it's going to be an issue simply because Florida just really doesn't draw that well. Uh, and I think they'll have that opportunity to just walk up to the gate and come in. I wrote about Gunner in, two, uh, in today's advance uh, in the journal, Brad, and I think he is the second number one draft pick that uh, Mike Bianco has had to choose to come to school. You know, it's hard to get those guys to come to school. And uh, Mike – uh, agreed with that, but that really just means two old guys are kind of on the same page and thinking the same. It doesn't mean we didn't miss somebody, but uh, I'm thinking the only other one is Alan Horn. Do you remember that name? I do remember that name. I sure yeah. do. Yeah, and uh, and look, uh, look, it's not a guarantee. Success is not a guarantee no matter what you've achieved at, at a previous level. Uh, Alan, I remember, had some back injuries, had some things like that, some things that slowed him down. He ultimately uh, – left Ole Miss, spent a year at Chipola Junior College in Florida, came back to Florida. He was a Florida guy, 
And then I uh, had a nice junior year with the Gators, I think 10 wins. But ultimately, uh, when the draft came around a uh, second time, he was he went in the 11th round. But uh, look, from your experience with the draft, and I know you were up there and what uh, the, you were an early round pick. Um, what goes into those discussions, the number one guys, the number two guys, I mean, those guys really, really high up there in the draft. I mean, money comes to mind. But uh, what else goes into those discussions? when they're trying to decide whether they want to begin a pro career or play college baseball? Well, obviously, I think uh, maturity has a lot to do with it. Are they mature enough to go? And very few are uh, because the minor leagues are – there's not a lot of glory uh, on those 12-hour bus rides, and can, can they handle that going from city to city? And, uh, you know, and, and then the, the, the other side of the uh, – of getting an education. You know, you, you look at Gunnar Hoagland, who, who was a first-round pick and chose to come uh, to, number one, play in an SEC school, uh, a successful one at that. Uh, his head coach is, is more of a pitching mentor. Um, and Gunnar's graduated. Uh, in two and a half years, he's, he's got his degree that he can always fall back on now. And, uh, and it looks, knock on wood, like, you know, he's not going to fall off uh, from from what he gave up out of high school as far as the draft goes. I mean, he's slated to be a, a, a first-round pick, and so the, the money should be there as well. And that, and like you said, that doesn't, doesn't happen for everybody, uh, but he certainly put the work in for, for it to be – that opportunity to be there again, and, uh, and good for him. You know, good things happen to good people. I believe that. And, uh, you know, so he, he, he's kind of come full circle – and, um, you know, and it looks like it's going to work out if it can stay healthy. Yeah, you mentioned the, the uh, education component there in the discussion, and uh, obviously that comes into play. And you, you hear many people say, oh, you can go back and get your education. You can go back, you can go back. That's hard to do. You, you get older in life and you get more responsibilities and, and different people and different things tugging at you in different ways. Going back is, uh, is not uh, an easy thing to do. So that, uh, that is an important part of the conversation there uh, on the front end. Um, what have you seen the last couple of weeks in Gunner that just makes him look uh, like a different pitcher really from a year ago? And he was good last year, but he just looks, uh, just looks stronger right now. Yeah, he does. I think it's been how long he's been able to extend games. You know, we saw it two years ago, his freshman year. He could get through the lineup maybe once, twice maybe, uh, but if, if he could – it was rare for him to get to that fifth inning and on. And uh, I think his endurance now. Uh, but the one thing that, that since I've been doing this in the past two years, it's been so impressive with Gunners. He just never gets too high, never gets too low. You, you don't know if he's up five runs when he's out there or down five runs. It's just the same demeanor, uh, the same intensity. and, uh, and he, But I think that goes back. He's just a character kid, just a quality guy. Um, but, but the biggest thing is how, how, how well he's been able to extend games and get you to that sixth, seventh, eighth inning, uh, really when you need him. Now, he talked to us yesterday about uh, his confidence, his comfort level with command now, the command of three pitches, the fastball slider change. Uh, is that why he's able to extend games, because of that command? Yeah, they went to uh, – 
He used to throw kind of over-the-top curveball, and they've gone to that hard slider now, and it's a true big league out pitch. Uh, it's a mid-80 slider that that really he's he that's that's the majority of his strikeouts. He'll elevate that fastball quite a bit, but that that slider to a right-hander, it, it just starts out right down the middle of the plate, and right-handers just can't pick it up in time. And uh, to me, that's big. The biggest uh, adjustment for him is learning that pitch and kind of getting away from that twelve to six slow curveball. And uh, he's just been super effective with it. And once he figured out that it was uh, a go-to knockout pitch, he's you could see that confidence grow, and obviously you can see it in the strikeout numbers. Now, after all these years, Brad, the thing that I still struggle with is to identify pitches uh, from that third base press box. So the, the slider is going to break away, right? It breaks away from right-handers? That's correct. That's yeah. correct. And and it and the, the thing with Gunner is that from a hitter, you can't tell – you know, everything looks coming out of his hand like a fastball. And so they're geared up for that mid-90s fastball, and, and he breaks that slider off. And uh, it, it's been a really, really good pitch for him. Now, now Gunner did some hitting in high school. Most of these guys do. You know, you don't get to just play one uh, one position and do nothing else uh, in in high school. But I thought it was interesting yesterday. We, we know there are some injuries right now. We talked about Trey Lafleur being out. We know Kale Baker is still out with uh, the hand surgery and and some different things like that. Uh, but Mike said he has fourteen position players on this trip. That doesn't sound like a lot uh, in an emergency situation. Uh, who do you think are some of these pitchers that might be uh, likely candidates to contribute uh, in the field or at the plate? Look, South Carolina, we laugh about it. They played, uh, excuse me, Florida played 14 innings last week against South Carolina. Yeah. You know, you have those games every now and then. Yeah, you do. Um, you know, <clears throat> last year when I was able to go to practice quite a bit, uh, there were some inter-squad games where all three of these stars, uh, Gunner, Nikhazy, and, and Diamond, all took the BP and and hit in some inter squads. You know they were re- recruited as as two way guys. Now, I I don't know that they were really recruited as two way guys because obviously everybody knew how good that that they were going to be on the mound. But yeah, they will still take BP in practice. Uh, that was part of their recruitment here was was to be able to uh, possibly have that opportunity as a two way guy. Now, if I was, it'd be hard for me. Knowing I was going to run Gunnar Hoagland out there to play right field uh, in the 12th inning of a game, knowing the value he's going to give me on the next Friday, you know. But uh, obviously they haven't had to cross that bridge yet, and we certainly hope they don't. Uh, but, yeah, I've seen those guys take BP. They're, they're really, really athletic. Uh, there's a couple other two-way guys on that staff. Um, so, yeah, it would be interesting, though, if, if we did have one of those – 14 innings and you run out of position players, uh, which is probably inevitable at some point. You know, you always seem to have a game or two like that a year, but we haven't haven't had to make that decision yet. Yeah, before I ran Gunner out into right field, I think I'd want to go out there my, myself uh, with, the, the yard, <laughs> with the yard guy and just look look for holes, you know. Yep. Don't step here, don't step here. And, yeah, uh, yeah a lot, lot of value uh, when those guys uh, get on the mound. I do you know much about Florida right now? I just look at them statistically, and you know the ERAs are, are good but not outstanding. Uh, they, you know, they don't look statistically like certainly the Vanderbilt staff and some others in the conference. Yeah, the, I think the biggest thing for me, it, the biggest shock so far was uh, 
I was visiting with Carl Lafferty, assistant coach, last night, and it seems like uh, they're going to start a reliever tonight. They're going to start Frankie Alamon, who, who has no starts on the year, uh, and follow him up with, with Tommy Mace, who has started on the season. Uh, so, you know, I – to me, it almost looks like a sign of maybe they're kind of scuffling, obviously coming off a, a three-game sweep at, at getting swept at South Carolina, that they may be trying to find some answers. Uh, I don't know why they're doing that. It just kind of was odd that, that Carl had told me that last night because if, if you don't know who you're starting three are now and you're healthy and you're still scuffling, maybe we're catching them at the right time. I don't know. But obviously the, their numbers are, are – they don't wow you by any means, but you know uh, if you go to like a football roster or a basketball roster, they're loaded up and down with five-star baseball recruits. So it's a talented baseball team. You just hope you're catching them at the right time. Um, and, and, that you, and you hope, like we do every weekend, that our three starters are, are good. Yeah, and we talk about Florida and the talent in the state. Uh, there's a reason that uh, Ole Miss has so many players on the roster from the state of Florida. Other teams have a lot of players on the roster from the state of Florida. You got, what, uh, m millions of people. I don't know how many million in the state, but uh, probably more than Mississippi's three. You know, I don't know, Florida, somewhere between 7 and 10 million in population. They have some players down there. Uh, they have players in all sports, and uh, people go to recruit there. And that's why you see – uh, the other schools in Florida, not Florida State, Miami, and the Gators, you see good teams from time to time with UCF, with South Florida, with Stetson. Uh, I've been really surprised, Brad, that, uh, that UCF, after coming in and winning two in Oxford, when I thought they played very well, not just that Ole Miss didn't play well in that series, I thought uh, UCF did play well, and now I look at them and they're like 10 and 14. You know, they just, yeah, you just they haven't know, right? done much. But there is talent in the state of mm -hmm. Florida. They have players. And so there are going to be players on the uh, University of Florida roster. Uh, what does Ole Miss have to do, Brad, to uh, hit good pitching earlier in games? If there was, if you're nitpicking the Alabama series, I would go back and say, look, guys, you got to, you got to put pressure on the other team a little more than you did in the middle innings, more than you did in the early innings. Uh, what what can they do to get better in that area? I think they've got to be more aggressive, uh, Parrish. And when they and when I say that, they've got to be able to hit the fastball early. Uh, reason being, if if you're sitting up there taking early in the count, and the guy's pumping you fastballs, and then you get to a breaking ball that you've never seen before, that's it, advantage pitcher. So I just think they need to be a, a, aggressive in, in, in fastball counts, and you can't miss them. You know, I think this Ole Miss team so early in at-bats in, in games, they're fouling off pitches that in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth innings, they're driving, you know. So it, it's trying to figure out that pitcher a lot sooner than what they have been doing. Now, it's hard to knock a team who's 20-4, and four, um, you know, on, on what their approach has been. But for me, it just looks like – Instead of being on time of that fastball in a hitter's count, a 2-0 count, a 3-1 count, when you know your, your percentages say you're probably going to get a fastball, that they're either taking it or fouling that pitch off rather than being aggressive and being on time and really driving that ball. Big series uh, for Ole Miss tonight, folks. Uh, we'll see uh, how the Rebels come out of their trip to Gainesville. 
Uh, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. Be sure to check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things there. Uh, folks, thanks for being with us. Come back and join us tomorrow.